Hello and welcome to day three of the 2023 Cheltenham Festival preview podcast as presented by A Judge's Guide. I remain Richard Churchill and alongside me remains Martin Fagan. Hello, Church. Robert Alexander. Evening, Churchill. And Ian Marmion. Mr. Church. Uh, we cracked on with the Turner's Novices Chase, a grade one run over two miles four. Uh, it it features Mighty Potter as your five to four fab. Bambridge seven to two. Appreciate it four to one. Uh, Balco Coastal uh, is twelve to one. As is Stage Star. It's twenty to one. The rest. Uh, Rob, Mighty Potter is a mighty fab here. Uh, but are you on side? Based on ratings, yes. I think he's been absolutely excellent so far this season. Uh, the only possible uh, chink in this horse's armour is the fact that they seem to feel that his, him kind of bombing out in this, in the, at the festival last year was due to his issues with travelling. Apparently didn't eat up when he got over to England, so remains to be seen how he gets on, but in terms of the quality of his performances, ratings, etc., etc., he does deserve to be favourite. Yeah, looks looks a very kind of solid, reliable two and a half mile chaser this season. Excellent horse. One kind of it was one or two grade ones eventually over hurdles as a novice. Has brought an even higher level of form chasing, and I think he. Absolutely is the one to beat, but like I say, there is that kind of nagging doubt that the travel over the Irish Sea to Cheltenham may affect him again. But that's the only kind of real thing that I'd be concerned with him. In terms of the opposition, I think Banbridge is potentially the kind of the fly in the ointment for Mighty Potter's chances as well. He ran a kind of eye-catching race for a step-up and trip in the Irish Arkle. Looked well beaten, probably, I don't know, a mile into that two-mile event. But he stayed on like an absolute train at the finish to actually get past both Appreciator and Dysart Dynamo to finish second in that race. So visually, he looked like he would improve or do better for a step-up and trip. Uh yeah, has good course form. I think with the slight doubts I have over Mighty Potter, Banbridge is potentially the bet. Jumps really well. And yeah, I think he's kind of sure to go well. And at a bigger price, yeah, again, we don't really know what the ground is going to be like on Thursday, but if the ground is soft or verging on heavy, James de Burley, I think, remains a horse of big potential. He was kind of thrown in at the deep end last season by Willie Mullins, had been sent to be trained by him, by Munir and Swade. Uh, after running in France, he got sent to the champion hurdle. Didn't really run well in that, but did run a blind uh, over three miles at, at Punchestown to finish second. Looked a good good prospect as a novice chaser on his, his debut. Didn't really run great at Leopardstown, but think this track will suit a bit better looks more of a stayer 16 to 1 is an each way price does appeal but he will need to be he's pretty ground dependent and soft ground would suit okay yeah. Banbridge and James de Burley against the favourite but as I said Mighty Potter does seem pretty rock solid Banbridge and James de Burley nice uh, Mama will you be opposing Mighty Potter no I don't think I will uh I think if you ask the Irish what their absolute banker of the week is, uh, you know, in, in Istabrak and Denali and Sam Crow fashion, I think it'll be Mighty Potter. He's looked, he's looked pretty bomb-proof today uh, over fences. And I love horses that put a lot of distance between themselves and the field from the back of the last to the line. And if you watch him at Leopardstown, he powered clear up the run-in uh, to go away and win very, very easily. Look at I'm not an 11-day punter or a 5-4 punter. Uh, you know, if all the jollies win at Cheltenham, I'll do my money because that's not the way I play. Uh, but he does look really, really solid. I know the Willie Mullins team are talking up appreciated. Uh, obviously, a very class horse that's had his problems over the years, but uh, just kind of 
kind of got well beaten the last day and it's hard to make any excuses for it behind El Fabiolo. It started, you can start a 5-4, 11-day favourite and it beat 10 lengths. But, but they are talking it up and I know Patrick is very sweet that he said it, you know, it's one of their bankers of the week. Uh, and when you think he's a 7-2 shot or a 4-1 shot, uh, that, that's big top. But I, I, I find it very hard to see beyond the favourite in this race. Uh, but probably a race I won't have a bet in unless I'm backing something horribly each way down further down the list. Uh, which, which, yes, as I say, Rob will be doing with James Burley, but very nice. Okay, Fagan. Yeah, with... mighty, mighty Potter, mighty Potter, mighty Potter looks um, far the best. Yeah, on um, on figures, on time, time, time form figures and stuff. Um, he's way clear. He's far more clear than like another novice chaser, let's say um, Jerry Colon or something like that. He's more clear than his field here than than any of the others who are similar sort of price. Um. I've, I loved him last year and he, he bombed in at Cheltenham, but I just think they went a decent guard that day. The ground was um, probably not to his liking and two miles, like fast supreme like that. He just he just didn't run his race. I think he he sort of, you've never seemed to be comfortable at the at the pace you were travelling. You've seen this year, he's a, he's a completely different horse over fences, jumps really well. The trip, obviously the extra distance helps. Um, he's, just, he's just rock solid and he's the only one of these here that I can see being a future superstar, like a future Gold Cup horse. Um, appreciate it. I, I know what Mom was saying. I've watched a few previews and, that, and they do seem keen on him, but he just seems, I don't know, like I I, I really didn't like that one last time. He seems like he's just so one-paced. I know he's, a, he's always looked like a galloper and he, people have always thought of him as, as a stare when he when he won the Supreme that year, 20 odd lengths or whatever. Um. But he wouldn't be for me at the at the price. He he could even potentially turn into a turn into a place late for me. Because if you watch the um the Irish Archelbach, he was only going one way, whereas Bambridge was going the other way. So I'd I'd be very confident Bambridge would beat him. I'd be massively confident Mighty Potter beats him. And then it's and potentially Balho Coast Balho Coastal uh, could beat him. That run behind Jerry Colom at Sandown wasn't a bad run at all. And then you've got stage star running for you, James DeBerle. So, um, similar things to what Marlo said. I, I, I wouldn't really be steaming into these sorts of prices at Cheltenham five to four shots, but he, he looks really solid to me, Mighty Potter. And potentially on the day, I could lay appreciate it because he could be the one that money comes for. Okay, nice. The, the interesting thing about Bambridge is some of the judges had put him up for the the Dublin race and festival race uh, I, I, I backed him uh, but not on my own opinion an opinion of a really good judge but he got terribly weak before the race he just kept get bigger and bigger and bigger which suggested that you know, the run was, was definitely needed uh, and he was kind of ridden that way as well uh, and the step up and trip is bone, bone to help him Yeah. Uh, so yeah and, uh, if you offer me a match bet him in a pre-season I'll back him all day long yeah I agree nice nice exciting Exciting way to start uh, our third day of the festival. Uh, a day that continues uh, in the second race with the Peton Network <laughs> final. Uh, the handicap hurdle run over three miles. Uh, and this is a guess-up, surely. Uh, Martin Fagan loves a handicap hurdle, but this is a guess-up. Thanks for the help. It's five to one. Maxum. Is seven to one as is Percival Legalois. Uh, walking on air, also seven to one. It's ten to one or bigger than the rest. Uh, I'm a big fan of Percival Legalois. Um, but Martin Fagan. Well, am, I, am I a fan of Percival? I, I don't know. But it's a handicap hurdle, so you're bound to have Have you? an opinion. Yeah. Um, first thing I wrote down good race. Good. <laughs> Plenty with chances. Okay. That's it. Uh, no, um, yeah, so I'll go through a few. Uh, Maxim was impressive over Christmas, um, but, but that was off 120. He's off 145, yeah. Um, you'd, you'd have to respect Gordon Elliott in this race because he's just an absolute master, the way he, um, the way he plots these. His record in the Potemps speaks for itself. Uh, he won it 2018, 2019, 2020. Probably should have won it last year, said Saida Bailey. Had a terrible run and then went on and won a great one at Aintree. Um, 
Mrs. Milner won it the only the other year, 2021, and the boss's Oscar was second uh, that day off a mark of 151. Effectively 144, because uh, Jordan Gainford claimed, I think he claimed seven that day. Um, he was quite wide the whole way round. Um, I think he could improve here uh, with a slightly more like ground-saving ride. He doesn't have to go five or six wide over three miles. Um, he ran in the Coral Cup last year off 154. That just wasn't for him. He's a, he's a, th- he's a three-miler, you know what I mean? That's the old course. That's well too sharp for him and too short of a trip. Uh, he was fifth in the Martin Pipe three years ago off 138 when looking like he needed three miles. Slightly unlucky in running as well. Um, he was off the boil for quite a while, but that comes with the fact that he's gone down from a mark of 154 in last year's Coral Cup to now he's off 145. I imagine with him being number two on the list, Gordon will probably claim off him. Um, and it was nice to see him with a back to form run last time he was third at Musselbrett off a mark of 142 now he's off 145 um, it's a similar sort of route that Gordon does he did it with um, side of Burley I think side of Burley had a spin round Warwick in that Potemps um, qualifier before he won it one year and at 10, 10 to 1 or whatever he is I, I'd, I'd probably be with um, the boss's Oscar and I'm, I'm I'm more confident now because Charles Burns one's been took out because I thought he was he was he was very, very strong with Fav. Um but now I look at the top end of the market and I think I'd rather I'd rather back the boss's Oscar than all the ones in front of him in the market anyway. Okay. Rob, where's your where's your money in the Patron? In the Patron. Uh so I've kind of had a look at this race a few times and not really <laughs> fancied anything but then in had a look again, and I don't know. There's kind of one standout horse for me that looks like it's been kind of certainly fiddled with, to <laughs> put it mildly, in terms of yeah. his preparation this season. Uh, Good time, Johnny, trained by Tony Martin. Uh, this race looks like it must have been the plan since at least his. Attempt at running the Albert Bartlett last season. Yeah, this horse is clearly a talented three-mile handicap hurdler. Uh, had an odd season, to say the least. Started out in September and October with a uh, September with a uh, beginner's chase. Uh, his chase. Chasing career hasn't really flourished. Uh, his couple of runs on the flat in October over nine furlongs and seven furlongs. He's ended up going chasing again, failed at that, turned up at Leopardstown on the 28th of December for the qualifier over three miles, finished third in that, well behind Maxim, but still still ran a pretty good race. And then for some reason, uh, ended up running in the Gaelic War- Warrior Handicap Hurdle over two miles. Uh, so to get a bit of a pipe opener for for this race, yeah, with the with the Charles Burns favourite coming out, uh, is only priced around 10, 12 to one. But I think that we certainly haven't seen the best of this horse this season. He'll be primed for a big run here, and yeah, will be a good each way bet around ten to one. Nice, that's good time, Johnny. Correct, fantastic, Marmo. The uh, Potomps. As uh, as I suppose it will be called by some, uh, where where's your cash? Quite funny that Charles Burns horse coming out this morning. He announced it in Luck on Sunday. I kind of nobody believed him, such as the esteem he's <laughs> held in. And Weatherby's had to issue a statement after him and say, "Yeah, yeah, it has actually been taken out." Uh, <laughs> so you can't can't be up to Charles. Uh, if thanks for the help gets in, it surely takes a lot of the beating. Not very original. App, you never saw an easier winner than when it won the last day. Uh, it's only one two eight though, so may may not get in. Uh, I've backed Percival Legalwa anti post at bigger prices. Uh, I think Gavin Gavin Cromwell is just uh, he's just such a good trainer. Mind you, I've had about five horses with him, but they're all been absolutely useless. Uh, but, but you know he, he's good, but he's not that good. Uh, I think I think uh, look, I, I think that'll take that'll run very well. 
it's just such a wild. I know Nico de Bonville really likes walking on air. He's been putting that up at the at the previews, and he's been putting it up at the bar afterwards when he's been speaking to people. I look at, I think you could have ten bets in this and not find the winner, right? Uh, as I say, I'm on Percy Bellagalwa anti post again. I'm sure I'm back eight on the day when someone's going eight places, but I've got no strong opinion. Lovely. Well, I will definitely be backing Percival Legalois. <laughs> uh, lovely. Big fan. Uh, Mama, we'll stay with you on the Ryan, Ch- uh, Ryan Air Chase, my word. Uh, Shishkin is a rarely seen odds on fav uh, for this Cheltenham Festival. Uh, five to six uh, is what I'm seeing currently. Uh, Jean Deal, uh, 15 to two. <laughs> What is that incorrect? <laughs> Jean-Adil, I think. Jean-Adil. Well, you, you call it what you want. Oh, yeah, I will. And wait, wait until you get down to him. Fury Road, uh, 17 to 2. Envoy Allen uh, is 12 to 1. Um, but Marmo Shishkin, odds on, is that warranted? Uh, it's warranted on his run the last day. Yeah, of course it is. And it's warranted on the horse he was previously. Like He, he was brilliant at Ascot the last day. He really was. Uh, never, ever looked in trouble at any point. Uh, and you know, absolutely scooted away. Uh, but like, there, there's there's question marks as to why you would take odds on. Like, absolutely blew out in, in the Queen Mother last year. Like, absolutely blew out. Uh, and and the run in in the Tingle Creek behind Edgerstone wasn't a lot to wasn't a lot to write home about either. Look, look at you can back an even money shot at Thursday next Thursday, where the bet where the bet even seven to four fifty barns with three wired three dryers. It wouldn't be for me an even money. Uh, I think the second in is rock solid each way. Uh, Janadil, the English, the Irish pronunciation rather than your French pr- pronunciation, <laughs> uh, ran in one of the in Gowran last time in the Red Bulls chase. Uh, it was really funny because there was four runners in the race. Willie trained three of them. JP owned three of them, and Joseph O'Brien had the 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 one outlier. Everybody and their mother wanted to be on Autumn Clure, uh, back from odds against into odds on. Like, you were absolutely nailed on this was a crooked race and it would definitely win. Uh, and Janadil, which I believe was Burley in the in the parade ring, I wouldn't know the difference between a derby winner and a hobby horse. Uh, but the judges said he, he looked Burley in the parade ring. Kevin won. So you got to think he's going to improve plenty from that. And he looks rock solid each way to me. And it's something where I don't know how many are going to line up, but there won't be much. There, there won't be many, more than three with chances anyway. There's a lot of dead wood in there. Uh, look at Shishkin again, most likely winner. As a bookmaker, I'd prefer to be against him than with him. Uh, but look at Janet, it'll definitely be in all the each way multis. Nice. Janet, yeah, a bit of dirty each way. I can get on board with that. Uh, Fagan, uh, the Ryanair chase. Are you, are you, <laughs> well, are you, it, can you give me a, a push to back Shishkin? Um, I, I, I kind of agree with what I was saying. Like, he it, it, deserves to be the priciest because of what you've done last time, but it's just whether you, whether you trust the fact that he's going to then put it in again. I know there's no, it, there's no bounce factor then like that, but, um, his run before that, yeah, in the Tingle Key, 15 length defeat through Edgerstone wasn't great. You could say that the trip is what he needs and, and that, that improves him again, but um, I think you'll find plenty of uh, better five to six chances, whether it's oh, a yeah. place better, it, it, match better or whatever, like throughout the festival or whatever. So, yeah, it, it wouldn't be for me. I couldn't I couldn't disagree with what Marlo said about Janaville. And um, that run last time was on soft to heavy ground. He came second last year behind Alaho on soft ground. And in his earlier days, they always used to say, didn't they, Rob, that he, he wanted a bit better ground, but he they, he seems um, he seems fine on any ground now. And if I was to back something in the race, it'd probably be him because he just looks, he does look a rock solid each way bet. But um, yeah, I, I prob- I'll probably probably sit it out. Um, I couldn't I couldn't tell you not to back Shishkin if you fancy him, but um, if you if you want a five to six chance, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one better on each day. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, if I well, took 5-6 yeah. about that and it got beat, I'd have to go for a lie down afterwards. <laughs> like, you'd be thinking, what sort of a prick am I after taking 5-6 about that? And it's so, like, it's such, it's got such blowout potential that, that you'd be, you'd be ill. You'd be ill. Rob, have you got a word in disagreement? 
Nah, my notes are pretty much exactly the same as what the the other two lads have said. Shishkin, like I would say, he obviously has a, a really good chance. But the thing is with Janadil, he drawn second over course and distance in the Ryanair last season behind an absolute monster in Alaho. Shishkin is no Alaho. I think you're looking at seven to one each way, Janadil. He'll improve plenty for the run last time. As Marmo mentioned, he probably wasn't expected to win on that day. He can get he can get a lot closer to Shishkin than he did to Allo for me. Uh, Shishkin, yeah, potentially will, has improved for the step up in trip, but there's a not the it's not the biggest price he blows out yet again. Can he back that up? Is the question. I think the each way on on Janadil is brilliant. The place part of that bet is a massive price, but the, I think the win part is massively alive as well. So. Yeah, that's that's one of the bets of the day for me. Janadil wow. each way. Janadil each way in the Ryanair chase. Can I ask, a bit out of left field, but occasionally I'll have Chacun Poussoir each way. Any is that is that horrendous? Is that is it like can anyone have does anyone have any opinion on Chacun Poussoir? Like, I think he's more entries. I think he's more entries than any other horse in the festival. He entered with everything. I think he'd have been the stairs hurdle at one point, didn't he? Uh, look, looks, he's 11 years of age to start with. Never ran well over there. Uh, looks pretty much gone. Uh, I'd be very surprised if, if he wasn't just uh, uh, one of the after the after run. What do they call him? One of the after thoughts. Yeah, one of the after thoughts. I'd be very surprised. There is one. There is you, one. You a, just like the French names. <laughs> there is one a, a, a big price. Uh, like we've said, we don't know what the ground's going to be like, but potentially Hitman has shown some kind of good levels of form in terms of looking at uh, Betfair. He's kind of one that's got a bit of money up for him, 20, 25 to one each way. Could see him certainly getting close to placing. I think you've got Plenty of juice in that price, actually. Hits, man. Especially if the soft are going. Nice. Uh, okay. And that uh, brings us to the feature race of the day, I suppose, the sort of co-feature race of the day alongside the Ryanair. Uh, it is the Stairs Hurdle, uh, run over three miles, of course. And your field is headed by Blazing Cal. Three to one, T Hoopoo, seven to two, Flooring Porter, nine to two, home by the Lees, five to one. It's eight to one, Classical Dream, uh, and Gold Tweet is nine to one. Martin Fagan, Stayers Hurdle. I can't believe I've come to you whilst you're eating. That was a no, that is a hosting error. If ever I've seen one, uh, th- this is relatively open. Are you able to uh, give me something that isn't the fan? No. Okay. <laughs> an interesting, an interesting approach uh, to uh, in, in asking the question and a, a very assertive answer. Yeah, I, I like I like Blazing Carl. Um, I know there's been a lot of stuff about fucking after the boy in Italy got a cut and he was off for two weeks. And Charles Burns was saying on the look on Sunday today he he worked on Monday or something and he worked terrible and I don't know, I don't know. It's it's Charles Burns, isn't it? If he t- if he turns up. Um, on the day, I, I I fancy him just plainly because I think there's there's just not that much depth in there. If Marie's Rock was in there, she 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 would have been um she would have been a danger. Although she would have been stepping up in trip for the first time, so that would have been a slight worry. Um, TUP, I can kind of see why, but he he's potentially wants wants it soft, really soft. Florin Porter, you, you you're asking him to bounce back to. What he's shown last year, in or the two years he's won it, he's been slightly under par this year. Um, home by the Lee, I've seen a lot of people put that up, saying he's rock solid each way. He wouldn't be for me. Um, you only have to go back two starts now to when he beat Bob Ollinger two lengths, which obviously isn't the greatest of the form anyway. But he he must have he must have touched a thousand on the machine. I think he did that day, um, and that'd be a worry for me. And I think uh, Kevin Blake mentioned it in in a preview that. He's not the greatest traveller sometimes, so it wouldn't be a surprise if at some point during the race he gets behind, and that's not what you want to be doing in a stay as unless you're um, English driver. 
And then if you're going down the field after that, it's it's the French horse. Then you've got Paisley Park, who I couldn't back with your money. Um, Ashdale Bob, and then, and then you're just talking about side of the Bale. Like, um, I just think it seems like it seems like every year. I just think we I, are talking about side of the Bale. <laughs> I just I just think in this race, Blazing Cog, um, he's just he's just got the potential to be a lot better than these. Um, I love the way he went through the race in the Boyne at Navin. It was over a slightly shorter distance. We obviously know he, he stays the three mile. I know the novice form from last year of beating Gelino Bello isn't great, but I just love how he won last time. And I'd just be willing to take the chance that at three to one, which I think is a fair enough price, he's just a fair bit better than these. Nice. Rob, uh, Blazing Coal, a fair bit better than these, says Martin. Yeah, I think... Uh, Martin's angle is certainly the correct one to be taken because I think in in this race, looking at the potential lineup, there's probably for me there's two horses that can improve to be well clear. Blazing Cal, three to one favorite. What he did as a novice was it kind of looked exceptional, so he could certainly be a horse that goes on to to win this easily but i'm going to give a brief mention to the horse trained in france that's going to turn up you're kind of you're looking at 20 plus years ago when there'd be regular french raiders in this race barracuda won it a <coughs> couple of times won the stairs but i think gold tweet deserves to be a little bit shorter uh, in the market for this uh, although there is a bit of a difference in opinion between the uh, bookmakers on prices of this run. I think it varies between kind of seven and 12 or 14 to one. Uh, he's won the Cleef Hurdle pretty comfortably in his only attempt at three miles in his career. That being said, there aren't many options for uh, three mile hurdlers in France. There's only really the French champion hurdle. Uh, he's clearly improved plenty for that step up in trip. As a young horse, uh, six-year-old, plenty of potential, really like the way he travelled through the Cleef Hurdle. Yeah, you kind of question what he's actually beaten in Dashiell Drasher and Paisley Park, but you can only beat what's in front of you. And visually, he looked like he did it very well. Uh, in terms of what the trainer said, sounds pretty confident, kind of has the gears to handle any type of race, whether it's a quick or slowly run race. For me, like I've said at the start, him and Blazing Cal are the two in the field that could improve out of sight of the rest of the runners who are pretty exposed, to say the least, at, at a three-mile hurdle trip. And yeah, I'm going to take a chance on the French train runner, Gold Tweet, at a double-figure price. Okay, nice. Gold Tweet at a double-figure price. Uh, Marmo, Blazing Cal was given a strong... Uh, Write up, I suppose, vocal, vocally written up, uh, uh, preview by Martin. Are you, uh, are you joining him there? All right, look, first things first, gold tweet. If that's not beaten by more than 25 lengths, I'll donate a monkey to charity. That has no there we go, great. It could not win if it starts now. What a real sub park league hurdle <laughs> against both Dashiell Drasher and a dead Paisley Park, honestly. It's, it's, honestly, if that's not beating 25 lengths, I'll donate a monkey to charity. Cannot have that in my mind. Uh, Bla- Blazing Callan guest, uh, absolutely get it. Uh, look at Charles Burns, he's a genius. He's probably the third best trainer in Ireland, you know, behind behind Willie and, and Gordon uh, in terms of his material. Uh, and look, at if that turns up and it's okay and it's strong on the day, uh, I, I think it'll take all the beating. But there's plenty of ifs about it that you'd... I, I nearly prefer to take nine to four on the show when it's as strong as anything, then t- take three to one now guessing. Uh, yeah. The one I'll, I'll back and have backed and will back again during the week is Classical Dream. Uh, I, I, first of all, he has to be fresh. So uh, w- his record off 100 days or more reads brilliantly. He's been first, third, first and second. And three of those are in grade one. Uh, he's obviously been off a little bit now. He was fifth in this race last year, but they ran into Galmoy at the end of January. Uh, and I think that took the edge off his, his freshness. It obviously did. Look, they're saying he's held up, but the 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 vibes from the yard are that he's going to turn up and do himself justice. And I think is he ten to one or twelve to one? Uh, he's 
he's a pretty class horse in this race. Uh, and at that price, I'll be taking a chance on him. Nice. Classical dream. Fagan. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think he was going to run, Marlon. Yeah, I think he will, though. I think yeah. he will. Yeah. Because I, I, I completely agree with that angle. When, he, when he's fresh, um, he's, he's brilliant. Like, when he, when he won that three-mile... Uh, the three mile stay as a punches town. He was he was unbelievable, unbelievable that day. Um, I and I agree about the the run at Gowden before last year. Like if you if you watch the if you watch last year, he looks like the winner, doesn't he? Coming, yeah, yeah. Absolutely does. I I was I was on him obviously, um, and he came fifth. Um, yeah. If if he if he's declared, I, I'll definitely I'll definitely be on classical green. Okay. But but I do think there's potentially he 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 doesn't want. A strongly on three mile. I I think he, he he'd be better off in a in a champion. Me personally, uh, I I I love him. Um, I think probably two two and a half miles probably his trip. But yeah, off off a long break, he's he's always he always runs really well. So if he does, I was just working off the. I just seen um, Willie Mullins. I suppose you shouldn't know, uh, read into what Willie says, but Willie was saying he might leave him for um, Aintree or Punchestown. I think he was saying. I, I'd look at maybe well maybe he will, but. Certainly, the feeling we got today was that when I was doing my my homework for Churchy's evening <laughs> was that uh, that despite not having a brilliant prep, that he will run and run well. Fair enough, because um, I was basically coming down to Blazing Cow because I've opposed everything else in the race, sort of thing. But if he uh, if he runs, I'll be back in them too. Yeah, therefore. Nice, nice. That's Blazing Cow and Classical Dream and Gold Tweet was liked by Rob, and uh, if, if not beaten by twenty five lengths, it'll be a five hundred euro. Uh, donation to charity could definitely, and stop. I will, and I will, I will prove it. I will prove it on WhatsApp that I've made the donation. <laughs> I like that. Could I still like finish that. second, twenty-five points. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and, that, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that's the that's the ideal result. Uh, okay, uh, that was the stairs hurdle, and we move now on to the Magnus Festival plate. It's a two-mile, four and a half furlong handicap chase. Uh, and your field is led by So Scottish, uh, four to one. Uh, Autumn Collier, we don't think will go here. Uh, so Il Rodoto is your second family at tens alongside Midnight River. Uh, it's fourteen to one. The rest, obviously, a very wide open uh, field. A four to one family in a handicap chase that could have up to twenty four runs in it. I'm not personally too tempted to be on it. Uh, Rob, so Scottish, you are, but are, are, are <laughs> am you, I on? <laughs> will you be on? Not at this price, but you know, with Emmett Mullins, it's not going to be any surprise if it absolutely hoses up in this race. But yeah, there's there are there's three to one in places that it wins, so I won't be taking any any of those kind of prices. The second in, as we mentioned, Il Rodoto has. Does have very strong kind of course and distance form this season, including a win last time out. Like Nichols, stable is in good form, but actually performing at the festival is kind of a different different bag for him. But I think this horse certainly has a good chance. Uh, the race will be run to suit him. Uh, yeah, like a like I mentioned, like so Scottish. With Emmett Mullins as the trainer, there could be plenty in hand there, but Il Rodoto is still an improving horse, has course form, and yeah, a fairly attractive proposition around eight to one to get the better of the, the hot pot. One that has possibly been a bit harshly treated on his Irish market, Seddon, a uh, bit of a bigger price. He's been rejuvenated by John McConnell after going off the rails a bit with his previous trainer in the UK. Uh, got a £6 hike for his last win. Uh, well, £6 hike on his Irish mark for his last win. Considering he got put up a stone in Ireland for that, that's £20 off his, his previous Irish mark, which doesn't seem great. But I'm not going to be hugely surprised if he runs well and puts it all together on the day at an each-way price. Okay, so that is... Seddon, yeah, and a nice word for Il Rodoto too, uh, against the as you say, the hot pot fab. Uh, Marmo, as Rob, as as Rob says, an Emmett Mullins thing in a handicap that is short and getting shorter, 
uh, does suggest it's only going to go one way, but you can't be on, surely. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on as a stand. So my, my pal, uh, Paul Byrne, used to own this, uh, and he sold it to JP. His ability to get money out of JP is equaled only by Gibraltar taxi drivers' ability to get money out of tourists. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. He sold him so Scottish, his favourite for the festival plate. He sold him Filey Bay, his favourite for the county hurdle. He sold him Corbett's Cross, his favourite for the Albert Bartlett. He previously sold him the Shunter after it won this race for telephone numbers. Uh, and this is really strongly fancy. Like the, the message is this will win. But look, it's very much priced accordingly, right? Uh, I, I, look, at it. I wouldn't be surprised if it went in one a minute, I have to be honest. Uh, but at four to one, I, I'm definitely not, I'm not going to be getting stuck in. Uh, I'm back Midnight River Antipost. Uh, ooh, all aboard the Dan Skelton steam train. Uh, Dan, Dan, Dan really likes this fella. Uh, and he's, you know, he's made no secret that he won, he won the handicap here on New Year's Day on, on soft ground. Uh, he's gone up a little bit since. I think he's gone up, maybe gone up seven. Uh, but like when I was speaking to him about the runners during the week, he was very much like, this is a graded horse and a handicap. It's working like a graded horse. Uh, and the English tend to have a much better chance of winning handicap chases than they have a handicap hurdles uh, by some the way the handicap system works, I guess. Uh, so I'll back him, uh, and I see no reason to, to jump ship off him now. No, but, so but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if so Scottish bolted up. As I said, Paul won this with the Shunter a couple of years ago. Quite funny, actually. It was in it was the year of COVID when uh, when there was nobody there, uh, and we watched it in a marquee out the back of Paul's house with about a hundred people at it. Uh, <laughs> and we had a we had quite quite the session afterwards. And there was a follow up the following day, and the horse turned up, and we had we had the horse, we had the jockey, we had the horse box. Uh, it was it was really 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 good fun. So look, I'd be delighted if that one for the lads. Uh, but look, it's plenty plenty short enough, isn't it? Nice. Uh, that was the the Cheltenham year that Mom and I were working together, and I've got to say, mate, explains explains a bit that week. I I, I now I now appreciate that maybe putting in a meeting for the Friday morning at eight am. He took off. Yeah, what can I say? I just okay. I'm keen. Uh, Fagan, the uh, the the plate. Uh, yeah, as you know, I don't really dip too far into the handicap chases, but if I have to pick one, yeah, so so Scottish is the obvious one. Um, to step up in Triple Elf after running over just just further than two miles in Ascot. Um, yeah, that was in November. He's been kept specifically for this and. As much as you say, like you look at anything called four to one's about price, I honestly see him going off more closer to two to one. So, yeah, I don't really have much in an opinion, but I, I do think he'll, he'll, he'll be smashed up. I don't think four will look about a bad time, come a bad price, come race time. Okay, nice. Uh, so that was, oh, I think it's fair to say the. The, I think the, sh- the shunter went off nine to four, I think. So. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah just, I, I was just actually checking. Depending on what um, happens in the day, if Blazing Carl wins, Shishkin goes in or whatever, this could be fucking seven to four. Like, but true. yeah, if I had to pick one in this, it, it would be the four to one. Bad, but no real strong opinion. It's just Emmett Mullins. Uh, uh, it's got an obvious chance, hasn't it? Indeed. I think. I think one of the things is all the other ones a bit further down, like Midnight River, Elwood, and stuff. They've been campaigned the way English trainers campaign the horses. They run them. Do you know what I mean? So. From from like the start of the season, they're running in handicaps and they're going up in the weights consistently. Um, maybe it's eight pound a stone or whatever. This has been specifically targeted for this. And, yeah, I'll tell you what Emmett what Emmett's done, and a couple of the Irish t- trainers twigged this year. Get them handicapped in the UK, so you're not at the discretion of the English handicapper when he's when he's coming up with the weight. So like this ran a Kelso, uh, it finished. Tar- no, it didn't. It ran. Oh, Carlyle. did it run in the UK this one? Carlisle, I think. Uh, Ascot, Car- with a Car- yeah, Carlisle. Ascot, but but they, they ran over in the UK to make sure that they got a UK mark rather than an Irish mark that had to be that had to be adapted by the UK handicapper. And look, at that. that's that's a, a pretty clever, pretty clever way of going about things. Uh, interestingly, I was speaking to, like, we all know him, it's a, a brilliant trainer, but I was speaking to a guy last week who judgment I'd really, really trust, and he said to me, However good a trainer you think Emmett Mullins is, he's better. Uh, 
Like, like he, uh, this guy says he's the absolute real deal. And look at us, you know, Paul Byrne and him are very close. Paul certainly would never be accused of taking a bite out of a stone wall. Uh, so if, if Paul is involved, I can I could certainly buy into that argument. Yeah, well, one thing you'd always notice with Emmett as well when the money's down, they they very rarely um, they very rarely run badly, do they? Like even just at like punches down when he's got when he's got something in a bumper, you'll see them be back from eight to three, and you you know how that's going to run. So yeah, I, I, yeah, he he just he's the obvious one in here, isn't he? And um, yeah, what what you said about the some of the Irish trainers bringing their horses over to England to get the mark like that, it's similar to what. Um, Charles Burns did with the Thames Fav, isn't it? Before, yeah. He... There's a there's a few more as well throughout the throughout the week, I think. But um, mm. well, it's Gordon Elliott was doing it, wasn't he, with side the Burley and stuff, taking yeah. them to. He water. tends Gordon often just enters them and then doesn't run them, but just yeah. to get a mark, doesn't he? But to find you... out what the handicap. Did you see what the handicapper said though on that on that on the recent TV the other day with Ruby on it? You don't have to enter them. So however much it costs to to enter the horse, say you enter twenty. Whatever it is, he chose. Hmm. Apparently, you can just ring them up. Or he, he actually said you can you can WhatsApp me and say what it is. But obviously, if you WhatsApp them and say what mark has the boss's Oscar got, then you're obviously going. You're tipping their hat. Exactly. Yeah. If you enter ten of them, you don't know what I, you're doing. So I, it's a bit of fucking. I also think it's worth pointing out that service is not available to non-trainers. We, we, <laughs> no, I don't say we, we can't WhatsApp the uh, the handicapper and yeah, ask for the really ratings. Two of the interesting things about South Scottish is they went for a massive touch of Tremor uh, in August. Uh, Emmas and and Paul Byrne. Uh, I think there's four horses, and this got beat in a maiden hurdle. And how it got beat, I'll never know. And it must have cost them telephone numbers because I think the three other winners up with it uh, and it managed to get beat. And the other thing is, they actually appealed at the UK Mark I saw last week and they won their appeal. They got a pound off it. Uh, yeah, so, so you know, no no stone left unturned. The, the, only, the only time that's ever happened as well uh, was the Henderson, another JPOs, the Henderson one. Yeah. In the, handicap hurdle, the handicap hurdle, wasn't it? Damn the company. Damn the it? company, yeah. yeah. That got dropped yeah. apart. So that in itself is saying, we fancy this. <laughs> give, yeah. give, uh, give us an extra length. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So So Scottish seems to be the one. Yeah, or probably uh, win. It's just, yeah. it's just hard to be on at <laughs> four. Back, back four is now. Back four is now with a laugh when it goes off at, at four or seven. On. <laughs> four or seven, even. Uh, Iwadoto and Midnight River uh, and Seddon were given words as well. Uh, the Mayor's Nonsense Hurdle is the penultimate race of the day. Uh, and your favourite is uh, Lucia? Lucia? Lucia, I think. Lucia, yeah. 7 to 4. Uh, Asteroid Diamond is 4 to 1. Lot of Joy, 15 to 2. It's double figures, the rest. Uh, another another sort of well fancied fab here, Marmo, uh, in Lucia. Uh, is. Is this is this one another one you want to be on like on a day where a lot of fabs could come in here? Is of the of the heavier fabs? Is this is this one that you fancy more than the rest? Perhaps one of the lads might be able to correct me here, but I don't think an English horse has ever won this mare's office hurdle. Love that, uh, and she she's English trained. Uh, and she, Willie Mullins has won last last year. I think he's won them all. I think it's Willie no, Mullins. La, last, he'd won them all previously. Yeah, but... until I think uh, last year Harry Love Fry. Him, boy. Harry Fry. Uh, Oh, Harry Fry went last year, yeah. But when um, was in the first five, I think. She, look, <laughs> she was incredibly impressive at Exeter as the last day. But she probably beat trees. Uh, look, I have no strong opinion in this race. I definitely prefer to be laying her and backing an Irish horse than, than backing her, only because the strength and depth in our novice is way bigger, better than theirs. And there was a little bit of a smelly word about her last week at one point, uh, although that doesn't seem to have been reflected in the exchanges. Uh, but look, I've, I've no strong opinion. I'd love to see Princess Zoe win uh, for uh, not Willie Mullins this time, uh, but for Tony Mullins. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a grade one horse or group one horse in the flat. Uh, they tried they tried to sell her uh, as a brood mare and she didn't sell and they kept her in training and they put her over hurdles and she won the first day without being overly impressive. But like, I think she's rated 106 on the flat. Uh, look, I'd love to see that going run well, but I won't be able to bet in the rest. Okay. Uh, lads, a quick question before we move on to your opinion on this race. This race is named in uh, tribute to uh, Jack de Bromhead, Henry's son, who passed away sadly last year. Is that the sort of thing... I, I understand that betting and 
the horses don't know the emotional ties and understand that the maths doesn't care for for that sort of thing. But is that a sort of thing that one can consider when having a bet in this race? Henry's well, got a couple of runners that look to be uh, entered into this. Well, he is going to have the winner. It magical Zoe. Yeah. Um, there we go. I, re- I really like I really like her. Um, one of the things you've got to look at in this, I really like this race in general every year. Um, one of the things you've got to look at in this is um, two mile one on the new course. Um, all very inexperienced uh, mares, obviously novices. Um, they, a lot of them have only had a couple of runs. They go fast, yeah. And a lot of the time, they don't get on. If you go from the front, it's some of them can run from the front and, and run all right place or whatever, but a lot of the time, you want to be on something that's ridden a bit colder. Um, if you watch Magical Zoe's runs, every time she's she's been dropped out. And I was really impressed with her last time when she beat... Uh, and Mullins or um, Nikini, um, if form wouldn't stack up with some of the others, and she has got the five pound penalty, but I'm willing to um, accept that because she's a big price. She's fourteen to one. I I, um, I wouldn't be surprised if on the day, especially after what you've just said about the sponsorship of this race, sentimental money and stuff like that, I wouldn't be surprised if she was seven to one. I I, I really do fa- fancy it in this. Um, I would fancy it anyway, but the fact that she's going to be dropped out um, makes it even stronger for me. And the other one um, is the Jessica Harrington train Jatara at fourteen to one or sixteen to one, something like eighteen to one maybe. Um, she was she was second behind High Definition in a maiden hurdle at uh, Leopardstown over Christmas, and that was a really a really um, a really good race uh, time time figure wise. High definition was won the race. Jatara was second. I think a William Mullins five pound minion or something like that was fourth that day. He came out and won, won well the other day. So the form stacking up. And then uh, next time out, she ran in the I don't know what's called now. I think it's the Solarina, um, Novice Edel, the Fairy House where Limini and a couple of others have gone. Astro Diamond won the race that day, but Jatara turning for home. She was travelling really, really well. She ran. She ran well to come second. She was only beat uh, about what about a length, but she now gets five pounds from Ashley Diamond because Ashley Diamond's got the penalty. So I, I I think she'll turn the form around with her. She's sixteen, whereas Ashley Diamond's seven to two, four to one. Um, the only slight negative will be she she has raced quite handy in her races, but in a bigger that's because she's been running in like a six six winner race last time. The Leopardstown race was a big one, 27 runners, but probably only about four of them in actually triers. She ran in second or third. So, um, yeah, she's a good, she's another good bet. Um, I fancy Magical Zoe more than Jatara, and I just hope, I'll back both, but I just hope Jatara isn't too close to the pace. Uh, she's from a great family. She's like um, half-sister to Jessica or something like that. She's from that that family. When you see the colours, you know, you know, um, you know the Jeski and yeah, the orange all, and black. Ones, yeah, yeah, all them, yeah. all them. They're all like Jet. closely related and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, all yes. them sort of ones. So yeah, Jatara, just because the the form line with the Mullins first string. Okay. And um, magical Zoe. I know there's been a lot of talk on the preview circuit about lot of joy for William Mullins, but she's got a lot of she's got a lot to find, and this wouldn't be a race where I, I I'd be following in the Mullins um, talk. Unless it was like a really, really strong one, like Limony or something like that. They had Dino Blue in this last year. She was eleven to eight, and she was fucking. She was beat 20, 30 lengths. So yeah, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having my own opinion in this. And them two at fourteen and sixteen or whatever, they'll differently. Magical Zoe and Jatara for Fagan. Rob Alexander. And I think Jersey. Just if you ha- if you're back at Magical Zoe, you have to back Nikini. It was only a length between them the last day up and down Royal. That would be thirty three to one as Willie as well. And I know the from the yard it's been working well. So if you're if you're back at Magical Zoe at twelve, you definitely have to take a couple of quid on the key near thirty three. Nice. She nice. runs, she runs, yeah. Yeah, she runs. Yeah, she runs. Fair enough. Well, it, it, to be honest, you couldn't go you couldn't go far wrong back in wasn't the the year a couple of years back. Willie had the fifty to one winner, the sixty six to one. Yeah, yeah. In the thirty-three to one, that was the year Everton yeah. Ebert- fucking just. I think the fifty-one winner was first time out as well, wasn't it? Perm the Willie Mullins tricast. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, that wouldn't be mine. No, <laughs> not a mine of Mullins. But yeah, I, I, 
I see. I see the angle from from. Uh, I, I'll have to back uh, Nikini at forty, I suppose. Okay, uh, Rob, the the uh, mayor's novice is hurdle. Yeah. I'd... Yes, I think as we kind of alluded to, the the sentimental money will potentially see uh, magical Zoe go off a fair bit shorter, and she's she's kind of one that I I liked as well. Uh, one that's potentially going to be running in the handicap rather than this, but it's still entered at this stage is uh, the Model Kingdom. Uh, I think she's been running with with credit all season, and, and what yeah, looked to be yeah, good quality novice hurdles, including finishing just six lengths behind Imperial Pass. Uh, if she turns up here, she won't be 33 to 1. So I think non-runner, no bet. Or if if on if you're listening after declarations and she's running and you can still get a good double figure price, I think she'll she will have a chance. There'll be there'll be a few extras in this as well. Yeah, big field. Yeah. You get five places, yeah. That's the model kingdom. Yeah. Nice. More likely to run in the handicap, I believe, but in terms of a big price runner with with a good bit of good bit of hurdles, form and yeah, a chance in this race. I think she looks kind of overpriced to go to this. I prefer that she went here because it does have a bit of kind of staying ability and running style would would suit as well. Nice. It looks like, it looks as though nearly all, in fact, pretty much every book that's on Oz Checker at least, is offering non-runner no bet, which is good. So a 33 to 1 shot there for Rob on the Model Kingdom. Brings us to the final race of the third day of the Cheltenham Festival. That is, of course, the Kim Muir Challenge Cup. Uh, uh, and that is a field headed by Stumptown, 4-1, to one. Mr. Incredible, 11-2, to two. Angels Dawn, 6-1, to one. it's 10-1 to one for Beauport and Next Destination, uh, and the rest are bigger, that's the way that works. Uh, <laughs> Rob, handicap chase, another 4-1 shot in a handicap chase. Uh, last time we spoke around a 4-1 shot in a handicap chase, you basically convinced me it's the, despite no one actually saying that we're going to have to it's bet. It's the nap of the meeting. Yeah, but it's definitely the nap of the meeting indeed. It, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping that we can find a reason to oppose Stumptown, Rob. Yeah, I think purely based, like being price sensitive punters, you don't really want to get massively involved in a horse at seven to two, four to one in a, in a handicap chase at this stage, but considering it's who it's trained by, Gavin Cromwell, very, very talented with his with his handicapped horses, knows exactly the seems to know exactly the kind of rating that they'll be able to run to and make sure they get a good mark. Yes, I can see why. Uh, Angels Dawn, I can also see why you'd be interested in her. She's a kind of strong staying mare who recently has kind of looked a different beast since going handicap chasing over the winter. Uh, she was going pretty well in the Grand National Trial at Punchestown last month before uh, managing to unseat the rider late on. Looking back further in her career, she was a good, if not quite top-class staying novice hurdler. Uh, and with her return in form to late, I think she looks primed to make... Uh, yeah, a, a good fist to this and a potential mockery of her mark of one through one based on her previous ability. Whether that comes true or not remains to be seen. She has been well found in the market as well. Uh, but I think she's the most, I don't know, the, the one at the top of the market I'd be most interested in. Otherwise, uh, Royal Thief has had a long break, came back. Uh, to win the Amateur Riders National at Punchestown in January in, in good style. That was off a two-year two layoff. Uh, so, yeah, you, you're taking a lot on that last one to think that be able to back that up. But I think a good double-figure price looks good potential each way. I think he's a could be kind of well above his his mark as well. But yeah, Angel's Dawn at the top end is the, the one that I'd prefer instead of the favourite. Okay, Angel's Dawn, 6-1 to one currently. 
bit of sevens even in places. Uh, and Royal Fief as well, giving a word there. Fagan, uh, you've been keen. Yeah, because I've just because I've just noticed something, uh, and I, I need to ask Marlo if he if, uh, to get his thoughts. Uh, Mister Incredible. Hello. Is obviously uh, is obviously owned by by your yeah. mate. And I've just noticed on the recent post that the ownership changed two days ago, and now it's Paul Byrne and Justin Carthy. You are kidding me. No. <laughs> it changed on the 10th of March. I, I, just... I, hadn't, I hadn't noticed that. So, uh, so Justin Carthy is formerly a prodigal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I... And I, I hadn't realised that. So Paul, Paul picked up this horse very cheaply uh, towards the end of last year because... It had refused to race a couple of times, and it was under uh, it was under a warning from the turf club that if it continued to refuse to race, it wouldn't be allowed race. Uh, but it was a one forty odd novice chase for the season previously. Uh, Willie Mullins has trained eighty eight Cheltenham winners. He's never trained a handicap chase winner at Cheltenham, uh, yeah. which is a pretty staggering statistic. Until you look into it and see that he actually doesn't have that many runners in handicap chases. But I believe that Patrick actually trades this at home. Uh, so Pat, he's a bit of a quirky horse, and Patrick looks after it. Uh, I, I, I say I didn't realise that Justin Carty had taken a share. I'm, I'm quite astonished. Uh, but uh, to be quite honest, he wouldn't be for me. He ran well at Warwick the last day, but he's just not one that I would trust completely at the moment. I'd, at the shorter end of the market, I'd much prefer Stumptown. Well, yeah, I bet you Paul got a chunk off Justin Carty for his half share, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like I just know of him, and obviously he's got links with JP and stuff as well. And yes, yes. With him, with you saying he, obviously your mates selling them to JP if, after start, it just it just stood out to me. And I, I think I, I uh, yeah, nobody's no, nobody's sacred. He'll sell them to them all. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I, I read something somewhere, but it was a long. It was about a month or a month and a half ago. I think it was an interview with Patrick and they asked something about a handicap or something like that. And I swear he said, about his ride, and I swear he said, and it, it wasn't like he was keeping anything. He said, I can't tell anything, say anything because the owners wouldn't be happy about the price or whatever like that. And then just now when I've seen this now, obviously you're saying Patrick trains it, he's obviously going to ride it. It just stuck in my head. But yeah, I wouldn't really have a view in this race. It's it's not a race that's normally normally get involved in, involved in, but that just stood out to me when I clicked on the racing post and I seen Jay Carr. So that, that's Mr. Incredible. Uh, notable, but not necessarily bettable for Fagan. No, no, I just seen Carr and I was like, oh. And not one that you want to be backing either, Marmo. You you said you'd prefer to be on stop time at the uh, at the top end of the market, but is there anything down the list that you're looking at? Not not, not for me, Georgie, but only because I haven't been through the race, if I'm honest. But I think, I think stop time is rock solid. Like it's absolutely bolted up in two handicap chases, uh, and particularly the last day, the last day at Sandown, like it, it's absolutely hosed in. So I, I think it's, I think it's rock solid, and I think I've, I made it clear. I'm, I am a member of the Gavin Cromwell fan club, so uh, I think it'd be a worthy favourite. But I haven't been through the rest. Okay, fair enough. And another one that's not in England before it comes here as well. Indeed. Uh, and that brings us to a close for Thursday, the third day of the 2023. A Cheltenham festival, uh, which of course means it's naps time. Uh, I mean, my nap. I know I don't really have daily naps, but I mean, so Scottish just wins, as 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 we all talked ourselves into. So Scottish hoses up. Um, but Fagan, what's your nap of uh, Thursday? Uh, my nap. It would it'd have to be Mighty Potter. Mighty Potter in the stairs hurdle. No, no, in no, the in the Ryanair. No, the Turners. We'll get there. Get there eventually. <laughs> I, I've been up for 30 hours. Uh, Mighty Potter in the Turners. Okay. And your best each way bet of the day? Probably uh, Magical Zoe, probably. Magical Zoe in the sixth race. I can't remember what it's called. The Mayor's Novice. Yeah, thank you. The Mayor's Novice Hurdle. Rob, you'd nap and your best each way. Uh, I'll nap Janadil in the Ryanair. Janadil in the Ryanair. Okay. And then each way. Yeah, good time Johnny has a, a good chance in the pro terms, I reckon. Nice. Uh, Marlo? Yeah, I'll nap Jennifer in the right area each way as well, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I think he's absolutely rock solid. Uh, and each way a classical dream in the stairs. Classical dream 
in the stairs. I can get on board with that. That is good. Mighty Potter. Good time, Johnny. Janadil, Classical Dream, Magical Zoe. We're going to go five for five. Go through the card. Uh, <laughs> and that does end uh, our third third day of the Cheltenham Festival preview for a judge's guide. Thank you very much, Martin, Rob, and Marmo. Uh, we will return for day four. Uh, best of luck, everyone. And thank you very much. Thanks, George.